You're listening to the Funny Women Survival Guide, the uplifting tongue-in-cheek podcast where we chat to British comedy's funniest females in an attempt to cheer up and entertain the nation in these uncertain times. And here's your host, Alexis Strum. Well, hello there. Happy 200th day of lockdown. Can you believe it? Woo! Should we have a party? Oh, we can't. Okay, never mind. But... Listen, live comedy is still going strong despite everything. And on today's episode, recorded live on Twitch, we talk about just that with Funny Women Stage Award winner Izzy Asquith and her two very worthy runners-up, Mary O'Connell and Erin Tett. I ask what prompted them to enter the Funny Women Awards in the midst of COVID, what made them get into comedy in the first place, and we chat about the delights of Reply Guys and question whether or not you can learn to be funny. You are listening to the Funny Women Survival Guide podcast, and I'm Alexis Strum, and I'm here with Erin Tett. Hello. <laughs> Izzy Asquith. Hi. And Mary O'Connell. Hey. That's so they can identify who you are by voice alone. So um, you're all here to, tonight to chat about stand-up comedy and your experiences of winning and being finalists in the Funny Women Stage Awards. So um, if, if you weren't able to see the show live, uh, Izzy was the winner and Mary and Erin were very, very worthy runners-up. And um, it was an amazing night. I'm sure you've got loads that you want to say about it. But first of all, can you give us a little introduction to you, each, each of you um, by way of Let's see, what's the most interesting way you can describe yourselves? Okay, um, if it were a dating profile, could you, get, could you summarise yourself as a dating profile for me, please? Whoever wants to go first can go first. I can do, I can go if you want, if it, if it helps. Shall I yeah, do it? Shall I go first? Okay. MILF. Um, ah. <laughs> uh, past the age of 25 in brackets playing age um loves gaming not very good at it used to be funny in a former life when it was viable there you go that's me nice okay so so whoever was jumping first let's let's get a descriptor please okay you guys uh i'll go uh future milf maybe um I like comedy and I like watching TV. I don't like talking about myself. <laughs> um yeah. I'm getting that sense. I'm getting that sense, Izzy. Don't worry, I will beat it out of you by the end of this hour. Okay, we've got time. Uh Mary? Yeah, okay. Um Funny bitch with good hair that you can't see right now because I'm taking care of it. I like cartoons and 90s hip hop. Ooh. Favourite cartoon? Oh, probably Bob's Burgers, but that's really hard. Really hard Bob's for burgers. me to say. There's a lot. There's a lot of good ones. Wow. Okay. I've not heard of that. Is that an American one? Or British? Yeah. Okay. It's really good. Awesome. I'd date you. I'd date you both so far. <laughs> and Erin, over to you. Um... Mine, mine would say pr- probably not single up front. I feel like that would probably be needed. <laughs> yeah. Um, also a big fan of Bob's Burgers. 
so could hit it off with Mary. <laughs> um, yeah, cartoons are good. Am I? <laughs> okay, come okay. get them, boys. <laughs> this is going well. I'm just typing it into Hinge as we speak. Yeah, not for you, Erin, because you're because you're clearly specifically loved up. So we won't we won't pimp you out tonight. Um, <laughs> and for anyone who's just joined, we are recording the Funny Women's Survival Guide podcast. So if you have any comments or questions for the guests, please pop them in the chat. Brilliant. So um, it's a very strange time, isn't it, in the world of comedy? Um, how are we feeling at the moment about... I'm going to go straight in with the politics and then we can get it out of the way. How are you feeling at the moment about the perception of comedy by the government in terms of the future of comedy? Let's, let's make it more generic. How are you feeling about the decisions that are being made at the moment? Do you think that, do you think that in a few months time, we're gonna be back to normal, I suppose, is the question? No, definitely not. Ooh, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, COVID's not really going anywhere and we're, I don't know, maybe accepting a level of have just having it around it's just here to stay so um things won't be going back to normal and I don't think they will be for maybe like a year like I think we need to sort of get used to like social distance comedy um it's it was very annoying that the government didn't sort of like recognize comedy as an art initially but now I think things are getting better I mean there's there's, there's gigs um so I'm happy that there's still gigs um, but I think they need to be, um, I don't know, valued as like an important part of the economy. Um, yeah. It's like, it is, it is something, it's there. Yeah. I think it's unsurprising, the response. I'm not shocked that they're like, oh, maybe comedy isn't important. But yeah, I think it's just a failure to see that culture is actually a massive driving force behind a country and what keeps it together and what it presents to the rest of the world um so if we if we lose that then you kind of lose your identity you lose wow that's deep yes definitely culture I mean it is such a huge part of who we are and whether, whether you're involved in the arts or not I mean I've seen some great tweets for, to give us food for thought about you know imagine your life in a year's time when there's no films being made there's no comedy um Netflix specials to watch sort of thing and how would how would your life be um Izzy have you got any sort of thoughts on this yeah kind of just piggybacking off what Erin said like what else I don't think we've got anything else any other industry outside of like our arts and culture industry that we're a world leader in like we're good at comedy we're good at theatre we're good at music we're good at tv we're good at films like we're really well known for being good at that. And the fact that it's not being valued is just, it's just depressing, isn't it? I mean, this whole year has been a bit depressing, but. I don't know if it's been like all bad for me. It, I've had like some pretty extreme highs and then some extreme lows. I feel like I've had a lot more like of a roller coaster this year than any other year. A COVID like, coaster, I believe it's yeah. uh, the technical term. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry, I forgot. Yeah, that is exactly the technical term, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think it's been more up and down. I think 2016 was a, was really terrible. That was when we had all that, we lost all the celebrities. No, but all the, all, all the like, we lost David Bowie, which for me, that was like, 
that was the worst of all of the deaths. Do you remember? It was like kind of dominoes. They would just get every week. There were more and more. Yeah, there was another. I shouldn't say celebrities. I mean cultural icons. You know what I mean? I don't mean like Katie Price. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, you've you've all presumably been working in stand up before the competition. I know, uh, Mary, you were on uh, on the BBC this week. Is that correct? Was it last night or yeah, that... it was last yeah? night. Yeah, um, it's it's on iPlayer um, forever, I think. So good, good to hear it. <laughs> People can still see it. Um, yeah, that was. I guess um, what Erin was saying, like this year has been like really up and down. But I've actually had some like pretty big career highs this year probably due to covid i don't think this show um would have happened <laughs> um because it was sort of like stand up for live comedy because they're trying to like um that's what the show is called um yeah. they're, they're trying to you know get like a bit more interest um in comedy and put newer acts on tv so that definitely wouldn't have happened yeah but you're I, right you know, you're right um so I'm grateful for it but obviously um like you know emotionally like I'm not doing okay yeah that's um, <laughs> good of you to say like it's good of you to be yeah. honest to be fair like as well I think what's really interesting is um you know from a social media perspective I, I follow all of you and I've been following all of you since the competition etc and you saying to me that you're not in the best mental state but then <laughs> I see the posts about the stuff that you're doing on Twitter and I think you know a lot of our audience are people who are getting into comedy and yeah. I think they'd be quite surprised to hear that from you because they they would look at the fact that you're oh my but she's on tv and she's doing this and then you know, it's, it's quite a sort of um, a gap, isn't there, between the perception and the reality. I'll never be surprised when a comedian says that they're unhappy. That's, <laughs> that's something they've got to get used to. Um, well, you know, social media is a highlight reel. And I just, I don't really do those like long posts being like, oh, I was sad today. Because like, why? <laughs> so no offense yeah. to those posts. Um, but... But I think it depends, actually, if you can sort of like put your authentic self online. I don't think you can. I don't think you can put your authentic self online. So just like pick like a good self, I guess. Yeah, I think that's a very good bit of advice. Definitely. And I mean, social media is our friend, but also sometimes our enemy. Um, so I want to get a little bit of context about the competition and maybe you can each go and tell me why you entered it. But um what what would make you enter a competition because that's that's like the most scary thing in the world put your putting yourself up for judgment what was it about that specific the funny women stage awards that you thought yeah do you know what I'm gonna have a go at this one um if you could all just maybe give me a little bit of context about your own reasons for applying that would be fantastic Izzy should we start with you okay um so I did a stand-up course last year and we had like a group chat and one of the girls posted a video of herself doing like a character a few different characters in the group like no one had spoken in the group for a few months but she <laughs> posted her stuff in it and it was really funny and then the guy who ran the course uh Logan who I think does oh quite yeah Logan Murray yeah yeah so he was like oh you should enter funny women they're doing it by video submission this year and so obviously all of us in the chat who were women were like, yeah, okay, <laughs> let's do it. Um, and yeah, I just sent one of my videos in and it was just nice to feel like I was doing something 
with comedy when it felt like I hadn't done anything at all for a while. So you're you're relatively new to this then and were you were you working in a, a regular day job at the time when you thought to enter? Yes yeah, still am. Uh, okay. <laughs> busy. Um, but they're really supportive. They're the ones who sent me on the course in the first place. Um, Wait your your boss sent you on a course to yeah that's amazing a comedy course yeah Stand, it was it a stand-up or improv was it a uh, stand-up okay I need to go and work where you're working that sounds fantastic <laughs> <laughs> did you get that as well as a pension and other benefits yeah. I mean it's great it's great yeah, gosh so you're still you're still working in your day job so that must be quite a a strange lifestyle then because I'm guessing that you're still doing online gigs in the evening as well as your day job and working around the two. Oh well I hadn't done any online gigs before the semi-final because I was just too scared of them. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah I know it's really bad um, but I've started doing actual gigs again sort of like slowly. Yeah. Really nice. I mean it's still not quite the same as like before so really... you mean IRL gigs? Yeah. You're out there with humans. Yep. Wow. And what's that like at the moment? It's pretty weird. Um, it's definitely a quieter crowd, and they're really far away from you. Um, yeah. So it's hard to tell, but it's like it's just really nice to be in front of people again. Yeah, um, I bet. Yeah. yeah, if you can do one, do one. And Erin, what was your reason for entering the competition? Um, I've entered it a few times. Okay. Uh, but then it came around again and it was like mid-pandemic, wasn't it? That I mm. kind of sent in a load of stuff to them. So I sent in a script to the writing one and I sent in a video to the shorts one. And then I wasn't going to, but I was like, it literally takes two minutes. Why would I not do that? <laughs> So yeah. Did. As I was like, at the end of the day, if I can get myself in front of industry, that's kind of why I do competitions, is to be in front of people who can maybe see me and do something with that. Um, so I was like, if it two, takes two minutes to get to that point, then it's definitely worth it. Well, I think that's a very good way to look at it is as a platform. Everything is a platform, isn't it, to get you in front of the right people. And then it's... yeah you know you're sort of funneling the funnel gets smaller doesn't it as you get further and further up um so I think that's it's good that you're honest as well about that you know I think everyone has different reasons and I think um I've actually heard from lots of other female comedians that they've entered multi-levels of the funny women awards so they put in a video as you say like a script they've done the stand-up thing why not why shouldn't you I think you're absolutely right why shouldn't you if you can just go for the whole thing. I was like, I'm what? I'm not doing anything else. <laughs> yeah, it's ended. I may as well like send an email. And then I've been sending many emails since. So many months of emails. Have you ever had an unsolicited rejection? Unsolicited rejection. Yeah, this is the new <laughs> thing. I've I've been noticing. There's a definite thread on Twitter where you get rejected for something you haven't actually applied for in the first place. That's amazing. Just yeah. out, of, <laughs> out of the blue, like, I don't need you. I'm a Nigerian prince and I don't need you. Exactly, exactly. I've not been chosen. <laughs> I don't need you to buy Viagra. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's basically it. But this is the new this is the new phenom. 
I've been reading well, about. I love it. I'm going to keep an eye out. Yeah, check check your junk mail. It's probably in there <laughs> right now. Um, and Mary, what prompted you to enter an awards competition, well, rather? Just because it was it was like the only competition happening in a pandemic, and I was like, well, let's let's see how this goes. <laughs> um I was quite I mean I've also entered the funny women competition before and it was I think I think it's a good competition to do I I like um I like that it's for women because <laughs> I yeah. feel like when you do mixed competition sometimes there's an unnecessary I don't know energy of intimidation which like I just don't need um and and yeah like I think I think Funny Women is good at getting industry into to see you, you want to be seen. Um, and also, yeah, just curiosity. I, I wanted to see how they were going to do it. Does it feel like you're judged more on your own merits when it's a female-centric um, competition then, rather than when you said about you've been in other things? You know, like there's plenty of other stand-up competitions that run all year round, like The Laughing Horse or um, Leicester. I don't know if they still do it, like the uh, the... There's the one that goes up to Edinburgh, the new act of the year and things like that. But whereas this is, this is, as you say, it's women. So you're being judged on the basis of being funny rather than being the, like the token woman in the competition sort of thing. Yeah, unfortunately, I think that's true because essentially when you do a gig or a competition, anything where there's men and women on the bill, like you can, there's, I don't like, there's the whole thing like women aren't funny, blah, 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 but like the audience you can get a sense from the audience. They, you can feel them like stiffen up when you go on stage. So you have to just work a bit harder yeah. to like win them over. But any guy can go on and talk about his dick and his girlfriend that annoys him. Like, um, and it's fine. <laughs> um, yeah. I just yeah. feel like we are, we're held to like a higher standard um, usually. So it's nice to do the funny women gigs. Yeah. Um I just got a question through in the chat that I, just, I think it's a really good question. And I should have written it myself, but because um, we don't we don't perhaps know you just yet because you're you're fresh out of the competition, fresh out of the box, as it were. Um, and someone said, what comedy films have you all seen which would rep best represent your own sense of humour? So if you were to define your own sense of humour to us and say, come to my gig, it's just like, is there a specific film or maybe a TV show that you could say, yeah, that sums me up? Or has it not been written yet? <laughs> I don't know if what represents me, but I know what my favourites are. Okay, well, yeah, that's as close as we can but, get. Go for it. Uh, probably my favourite comedy films are uh, Eagle versus Shark or Waiting for Guffman. Okay, good choices. Eagle versus Shark is a beautiful, very fucked up love story, isn't it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So slightly quirky, which, I, yeah, I think that's I think that's good. I've seen your stand-up and very quirky. I, I hate the word quirky, and I'm sure you've yeah. heard it quite a lot, yeah. but I think it's just that you're not... I think quirky is like you're not Jim Davidson. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's just like... That's, yeah. <laughs> um, and Izzy, would you say there's a particular film or... Uh, well, my favourite comedy film is Hot Fuzz, and I don't think that really represents me <laughs> I wish it did but it doesn't because um, you're very dead you're very deadpan and um 
I think I read something where you described yourself or, or someone described you as like a low end, but it was low energy or something. It was really, it was a really funny description actually. And forgive me because I can't remember it, but yes. Good. I wish I could remember what I said. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's just low energy and quite awkward. I guess for like a TV show, something not as good, obviously, but like Nathan for you would be, yeah, <laughs> like a good, I don't know if you've seen it. Big, big fan, but also absolutely hate it. Uh, <laughs> it's very painful to watch. Yeah, it's horrible. It's horrible. But great. I think <laughs> some audience members would say about my stuff. So, <laughs> yeah. Out of interest, and um, uh, sorry, I, I will come. We'll come back to this, but I want to ask you about comments. Um, because online gigs bring chat comments, and we need to talk about that. But we'll come up first of all. Mary, is there a film? or a TV series that would sum up your brand of comedy? I don't know if anything sums up my brand, but I, I really like Curb Your Enthusiasm. That's probably oh, yes. my favourite show. I like, I like that there's just this person who's angry all the time um, and it's, it's their story because that's how I feel most of the time. Okay, so we've got angry comedy, slightly left field and deadpan, low energy comedy. I think there is a series as well. I mean, it's on the tip of my tongue, but it will come back to me. Now you mentioned something, Izzy, about um, people's reaction to you. Um, when you did the semi-final or at, uh, the, the final, in fact, did you were you witness to the comments or were you just getting, because I've noticed with live comedy, we've talked to a lot of our guests about this. You are able to see the comments that as people are watching you, which is something that we've hitherto never experienced because you just do a gig, you either get heckled or you don't, and then you go home. What's your experience been of online audiences? Well, I have not read the comments for online audiences, but um, I don't know, people do come up, like in live gigs, people have come up to me and been really rude. Like, really? Why? Yeah. And I thought this was the thing that was happening to everyone. Um, <laughs> but apparently not um I don't mind I think it's really funny um it may not sound like I think it's funny but it really is uh like one time like I just got off stage and the guy sat in front of me turned around and was like have you thought about picking up the pace to put some jokes in I was like, <laughs> <laughs> that's so reply oh, guy gosh. <laughs> oh my um, goodness yeah it's usually men to I was gonna say I wonder <laughs> if it's no offense to the lovely, lovely gentleman in the chat, but I was I was wondering because sometimes it's a kind of it's a move, isn't it? It's like a kind of a move of saying, <laughs> You're not as funny as me, but I could really improve you if I took you under my wing and imprisoned you in my tower. Yeah. You know. Yeah, one time a guy <laughs> came up to me and he was like, I saw you the other day and you were funnier then. This is how you did it wrong tonight. I was like, <laughs> Are you writing all of these things down? Because I feel like this is a really good um, piece of material and a good Twitter thread. Oh, it's all burned in my mind, actually. Good, good. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've only had a woman, a woman's only done it to me once. And again, it was still quite funny because um, I was chatting to a friend who had done the same gig and he'd done really well and I hadn't. And she came and said, well done to him. And then she turned to me and was like, how do you think that went? <laughs> Great. What is happening? Why? I think it's because I'm so low status on on stage, mm -hmm. maybe off stage also. So people are like, I'll say whatever I want to her. And to be fair to them, I do just go, 
oh yeah thanks <laughs> you're not wrong <laughs> say whatever wow oh it's interesting because i suppose you, there's something about your performance that almost feels like character comedy it almost like you're in character so i i think sometimes um maybe there's something to do with that that they could they can't they kind of think that they're talking to you as a character and they can be a bit more abrasive or or, or brutal about what they're saying to you um but I do apologize on behalf of the human race that's rather unpleasant um and but but as I say it gives you lots of material which is good and we're getting some lovely support guys are such idiots in the chat savage <laughs> and we can be unfathomable unfathomably dense there we go <laughs> So the men, the men's are apologizing for everything. Um, and what about you, Mary and and Erin? Um, have you had the same sort of experience with online gigs or or hecklers or in general? Um, I've not seen the comments on online gigs. Um, I do. Uh, <laughs> I hate to say men again, but they love to heckle me. Um, I think some people just have a very big disagreement with the way I look. And so they just yell <laughs> immediately when I'm in the middle of doing something on stage. It just kind of is like a general, no. Wow. <laughs> uh, That's gotta be the worst heckle, just no. Once somebody yelled at me, uh, like this only, if you kind of know the material that I do, hmm. but he kept yelling at me, he yelled, give Trump a blowjob and then started like repeating Trump over and over again and I don't know what I did to rile up such like a political fury because <laughs> I was like doing an impression of an existential hamster and I have no <laughs> idea where that anger came from but did you stop and say you're incredibly out of context yeah I was like guys I yeah. get this all the time <laughs> it's just me um, for strange reactions get that you're getting yeah yeah and Mary, you said Mary's Mary's the angry one. If you have the bunch, you're the angry one, Mary. I do you get the same experience, or do you think that your angry oh, energy no. carries <laughs> over? People don't. Um, I've I've had like a couple heckles in my time, but not really for a while. Um, I mean, I've never read the comments when I'm doing an online. Game. I mean, I haven't done that many, but like, you just don't really want to be distracted because it's already like quite scary to do an online gig so it's like I don't you know I'm not going to start typing or like moving the mouse yeah. <laughs> um, but in terms of heckles no not really um but <laughs> no not for a while um just just the one racist one at, um like a few years back but <laughs> Jesus I've been <laughs> been all right for a while but how important is feedback to you in your, I suppose, like in your journey or your development? Um, not that I'm saying that you need to develop. That sounds like you're not established. In your journey, as in your journey as stand-ups, how important has feedback been to you? Or do you very much go down your own path? I guess it depends who the feedback's coming from. Because um, if it's like invited feedback, I really yeah. it. And like, I'm happy to hear opinions, good or bad. Um, but yeah, uninvited feedback give, could give or take, but I think it's like nice to just like kind of discuss with other comics, especially. 
So your peers, your peers are yeah. important, like their voice. Yeah. Okay. And what about for you, Erin? Um, yeah, I guess probably other comedians feedback is more important than audience, which is a terrible maybe way to, I don't know. Sometimes sometimes I'll do a joke that doesn't land and then I'll go up and they'll be like, that was good. <laughs> it makes so you feel like, are they trying to sabotage me? I don't know. <laughs> could be either way. Um, but feedback from audiences, I mean, does mean a lot. I like when I do longer sets, I like to play with the feedback quite a lot of who's on board and who's not and try and like create a, a nice place for everybody to be, even if they hate it or if somebody's like really enjoying it. Just being like, this person's really having a good time. So if the rest of you just up to your game a bit, you could also be having a nice time. Um, but yeah, I think that feedback is really important, which is why online gigs are quite hard. I don't know, I did that one um, and that's all I did. But <laughs> I assume they're hard because you just don't have that. You don't know what's, you, it's difficult to know how to pace yourself. Yeah. Um, I mean, not. you had some people, um, I think I was on one where we were all unmuted, but it's not quite the same. It, it does have some similarity, but it's not the same as actually being able to then riff off people as well, because they're all muted in between when they're not laughing. Um, yeah. yeah, I picked just something that you said, Erin. Um, you said about trying to make uh, the space like a nice place, or you're trying to make a happy place. Is that kind of like, if I'm going to go deep now. But is that what you're doing this for? Like, why Why would someone go into stand-up? I mean, God, why would someone go into stand-up? But is that what you, is that the goal? Is that the goal to create this, like, happy space? Is that it for you? Or is it, what levels are we working on here? Um, I actually have no idea why I do it. <laughs> it doesn't make me feel nice. Um, <laughs> so I don't really know what... I think it's quite like sadistic in that sense because mm -hmm. I get like a lot of anxiety from it. So I enjoyed it at the time, um, I think. I don't really know what level I'm working at. It's just something that I want to do and that's, I can't imagine not doing it. Um, okay. But whether I'm making a happy, I don't know. I think sometimes comedians like to pat themselves on the back sometimes and be like, I'm giving laughter to everybody. <laughs> You're cheering up the nation. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like laughter is all we need and I provide that. But I don't really know how much I believe in that. I think it's a bit more narcissistic than that point of view. Um, I guess I just like thinking of silly things and then telling other people about those really silly things. And then if there's like some kind of communication, I think it's just connecting with people. I think that's what it is. I just like connecting with people on my grounds. Okay. Okay. So it's, uh, no, this is good. Cause you, there was a lot of things that you said there that, were, that kind of encapsulated all the reasons people get into it, I would imagine. Um, yeah. I'm sure we'll get more from uh, Mary and Izzy, but uh, something you said about, when you find something funny, it's about you finding something funny and wanting to share it with other people. Yeah, kind of so like you do with your mates sort of thing. For me, it's that I like connecting with other people, but I think I struggle with doing it. I like doing it by my rules. Yeah. 
No, I don't like, think you should don't feel embarrassed for that. Circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. That's what it is. That makes sense. That makes sense. And also you're carving out, that's why you're carving out your own com comedy voice there, because presumably if that, if someone already was doing that, then you would, you would not feel the need to do it yourself. Yeah. It's a bit like I kind of put, extend a hand of like, come in to my world. You can keep a foot in yours, but like, let's c come if you want to kind of thing. I like that. Come if you want to. That's absolutely it. Fantastic. <laughs> I um, you, you just summarised it. No, but it's interesting because obviously we're broadcasting this on Twitch at the same time. It, this will come out on Friday. And if you're listening to it now, it is Friday. Happy Friday. Um, but on Twitch is very much about that concept. It's about this is who I am. If you want to be part of my community, that's great. If it's not for you, there's somebody else that's going to give you what you want. And I think I think that's a really good mentality. And that actually sort of doesn't really um exacerbate anxiety that way because you're going okay this is my I'm in my own lane here yeah yeah you don't have to be with it because there's other things for you to do if you want to leave yeah cool okay. and and same question to um Mary and Izzy um yeah I feel the same way as Erin I feel like when you, when the audience laughs that kind of means that you're connecting with them because mm -hmm you thought of because they the laughter comes from comes from a lot of things and like you know there's like it being a joke and the element of surprise but it also comes from like recognition like you know it's like oh I recognize this or this happens in my life as well like they relate to it even if the material's not like that relatable um and so yeah it comes from a place of wanting to connect with people for me also it comes from a place of like wanting to perform like um I like I like performing I've always done some kind of performance um whether it's like music or dance um it's a way of expressing yourself like I feel like if I did I mean like throughout the pandemic and when I and just through not gigging I felt so like pent up and like aggressive and irritated all the time because yeah, I yeah. didn't have stand-up to express myself no that makes sense um we're getting a couple of questions as well from the chat so uh, it's all it's all picking up it's all kicking off in the chat but um over to you Izzy what, what's your take so what's What's your reason for doing comedy? I think this was the question. Um, well, I like what you guys have said already, uh, but I guess for me, one of the main things is just, it's like a confidence thing. It's just, <laughs> sounds lame, but building my confidence, like before I started doing stand-up, just the idea of standing in front of a bunch of people and talking about, talking about anything was just like my nightmare um so and then just from the first time I've done it being like oh it's actually not as horrendous as I thought it would be um it's actually really fun and also I find it just makes me more creative in, a, in like other aspects of my life like I've got a creative ish job and I'm just once I'm once I have that outlet every other aspect of my life mm. is better as well and it's yeah. been hard not having it for the past few months it just yeah. No, that's a lovely idea that, that once it. you sort of open yourself up to one aspect of the creativity, sort of what Mary was saying as well, when you don't have it for months, you sort of pent up aggression. But then when when you start, when it starts coming out of you, then it can go into other areas and you can find, because I think in comedy as well, you have to actually be more than just a comedian in these days. You have to still, you know, you have to be able to have a camera set up at home. I, I, I was watching when you had the uh, run through for your stage, um, the semi-finals 
and you had to like figure out your cameras and your lighting and all that sort of thing. There's that aspect. There's the admin aspect. There's being on social media and all of that sort of thing. It's not just about going on a stage. Um, so yeah, I think that makes sense to me that it sort of enhances all your other creative aspects. Um, so I've got a couple of questions. Where do you all stand on puns? And Agent PK1, who's asked this question, says puns are the purest form of comedy. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily true, but where do you stand on puns, girls? Um, well, I hate them, but only because I can't do them. So it really comes from a place of jealousy. Can't do them. Good for you, I guess. I wouldn't. It's interesting because um, I was on the Infinite Sofa last night with Tim Vine, who is the pun master, and he came on and he was trying to teach the audience how to deliver a pun. So he said the pun to them, and then they literally said it back in the exact same tone as him, and it still didn't work. Yeah. It was fascinating. You realise what an art form it is. Mm -hmm. um, any other thoughts on puns? Are we big fans of puns? No. Mary, do we, do you I can appreciate one. Okay. Um, you know, like not all of them, but like a few, I don't mind. I, yeah, I think it's like any other type of joke, like there's ways to do it well, and then there's ways where it's just like, ugh. <laughs> so a bad pun is worse than, so what's yeah. worse, a bad set or a bad pun, would you say? <laughs> I don't know. It's just the it's just the how create how creatively have you delivered that pun? Because if you've delivered it in like the same rhythm that like everybody's telling their puns, then it's boring. But if you've got some weird, I mean, I'd listen to somebody do a joke for six minutes, and then if it ended in a pun, I'd be like, "Well played, <laughs> <laughs> very good." <laughs> That's fair enough. Um, yeah, so I think it depends. So I was going to say as well, because when I saw your performance, Erin, I noticed like for, for your kind of, for your set and your humour, timing was incredibly important, um, which is it's not, it's so different, isn't it? Because some people, it's just a setup of the joke or whatever, but for your, yours was very specific and it's it very much your timing was, it was excellent. And that's what helped the joke so much. Um, is, is comic timing a thing? Is it a thing? Is it something you just have? Can people, can normal muggles have it and not realize? Uh, you can definitely learn to get better at timing because comedians, like when they first start off, like, you know, people are way better when they've been doing it for 10 years yeah. than when they first start and, and you, you get into a rhythm that suits you. So it's like it's something that can be learned, but I do think in terms of like comedy, like overall, like there is a little bit of like magic where you either you kind of have it or you don't. But yeah, that doesn't mean that like you can't be good at it. If that makes sense. Do you think everyone can? Do you think if everybody in the country went on a comedy course, which is possible, because Rishi's oh, might God. might be giving us some some training. Um, do you think if everyone in the country had a comedy course for say a week, an intensive course, that you know everyone would be able to find their own path, or or is it just something that you, as you say, like you either have it or you don't? Can you learn to be funny? 
you can learn to be funnier um and you can definitely learn how to perform better and write better jokes like there is definitely something which is like you know a craft which can be learned but I think if everyone in the country did a comedy course um, <laughs> I don't think I don't think all of them are going to be bangers I'm not going to lie yeah <laughs> I say I'm going to go I'm going to go team it can be learned <laughs> okay okay um, just let's see where these thoughts go. Um, <laughs> I think that if everybody, I, I'm just, everybody has a sense of humor mm -hmm. that we may be at a foundation that's not like the premise might not be good, but assume everybody has like a sense of humor. I feel like everybody laughs at stuff and everybody knows what they find funny. So it's just, I think the key is just like unlocking that and being able to communicate it. Mm -hmm. I think that's what the trick is. I don't think it's just um, impersonating somebody else's rhythm or like knowing how to write a gag. It's about what do you find funny and how can you express that to other people? Okay, that's interesting. Yes, because I think the default probably for most people getting into it would be like, who can I, who can I emulate? And that must be quite difficult to shake that off. It's much more... It's much scarier to be yourself and to follow your own um, comedy path, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, and I think that's what it would require if everybody was learning to do it. Like, if you really think that, I don't know, toddlers falling over is really funny, which it <laughs> is. Um, it's just like embodying that, what it is about that that's so funny and being able to say it, which is hard. That's like the hard part. Awesome. Um, so I wanted to find out, and someone else has asked this in the chat, but who are your, if you had to pick a comedy hero and a comedy villain? So it could be, um, it could be a character or it could be like a stand-up. And it might be a stand-up, you might not want to say, there might be some villainous stand-up that you've had to do a set with and you just absolutely detest them and you don't want to say their name. And perhaps you could just loosely describe them in a way that we figure it out um so yeah comedy hero and comedy villain i think who plays a good villain in a show um i think susie green's character um in curb your enthusiasm is a great villain um yes. and i'd also call her my comedy hero as well oh okay <laughs> Good choice, good choice. Now, we're, we're, is Curb finished now, or is that still going on? Because it's, oh, it's been on for the, like 11 series now, hasn't it? It's been like 10 or 11, yeah. There was one this year. And so they they could easily like do another one because sometimes they'll be like, um, it was it was a long, it was a long gap between like season eight and nine or yeah. nine. Like, so I think it's just whatever Larry David wants, like you can, you can do it once. <laughs> I would love to see him responding to COVID in general. I just feel like that is his zone. I feel like um, his character would just come into his own with that. You know, the falling, you know, the, all the kind of things that could go wrong with that. Um, awesome. Good, good answer. Good answers. There are no wrong answers. I feel like I'm doing counselling, group counselling. There are no wrong answers, ladies. Um, <laughs> Izzy, comedy hero and comedy villain. Hey, comedy hero. I'm going to say... Um, Buster from Arrested Development. 
Uh, I like how sweet he is. I really like, and it's a show with quite a lot of kind of meanness in it, but I like how he's kind of like got an innocence to him. I think that's really funny. Uh, That was a weird choice. And then villain. Oh, man. I really don't want to name any names. Um, you can just say the patriarchy if you like. Yeah. I mean, just, you know. <laughs> I'm not going to say his name, but the guy who told me how I was better the last time he saw me and gave me feedback on how I needed to say my jokes differently. Because you know what? He was on that night as well. And I'd seen him the night before. And he was funnier the night before as well. So. <laughs> So we'll get the plaque ready and we'll send it over to him in the post if we can track him down. Yeah. That's the deal. Okay, fabulous. And um, Erin? Um, my comedy hero is probably Tignataro. Um, yeah. She just bathes in silence with like the comfort. I don't know where she gets it from, but <laughs> she just bathes in it. And then you're like in tears laughing without even knowing how that happened um yeah yeah she's my favorite um <laughs> my comedy I love everybody's <laughs> I mean I guess for me it's it's more like a like a characteristic than specific people as I'm not gonna be naming specific people but um I think it's just as there's like a certain going back to like the rhythms yeah like a certain rhythm of comedy that I completely tune out of um it's just as it just is because I think there's there's so many people who do this rhythm and it's so the same and you know you're gonna have to give me an example now I feel like you need to give me a bit of the rhythm bit of a set imagine you are this person afflicted with this rhythm what kind of thing do you mean um (laughs) (laughs) It just is like, um, oh God. Um, when it's just like, oh, I guess it's quite high energy. <laughs> like, I was at the other the other day, blah, blah, blah. And then blah, 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 blah. Like it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, we, I think I got the picture. We've got our arms up like this. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still telling jokes. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I thought that was really yeah. funny. <laughs> 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 it feels like an, it's, it's an observational it's low low intelligence ob- observational comedy I think that was yeah I think it just is when people say it is just like say I mean I do observational comedy so I'm not gonna like shit on it but yeah uh, it's just as saying things I think um without a twist to it maybe and you're like yeah we all know these things mm-hmm. and that's like enough somehow I'll keep my mouth shut. <laughs> it's interesting that you all picked uh, your comedy heroes were all from the States. Oh, yeah. Interesting, interesting. Do you, do you think there is um, uh, a difference between British? Obviously, there's a difference between the two. Um, but do you think there's a discernible difference that would sway where your career might go in terms of America? Obviously, it's the big goal is always to go to the States and be successful and the UK. Um, or do you feel like quite sort of very British and very sort of close to that and you want to you want to be loyal to to the Brits? Um, well, I, I didn't grow up here, so I think um, a lot of 
Britishness is very insular. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of like TV shows and all the culture doesn't really go past the borders. So I grew up on American TV. Okay. Like American culture. So I find it it's more recognizable for me. I have more like um, references with American comedy. Um, but also it's like weird. I have like all of the references of British comedy from my parents. So like the like the sixties and before, like the seventies and before. And then there's like a big chunk where it's where I don't have any references to like, okay. 2011. So there's like, yeah, I don't have any of that chunk of really knowing what British comedy was. Do you not know about Vicar of Dibley? <laughs> Do you know about the figure? That, that, that was a good chunk, you know, like you know, that's, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's the best thing that ever came. <laughs> that is true. I mean, how important is it when um so you know like people talk about their musical influences and they say, Well, my parents used to listen to this, my parents used to listen to that, and it kind of got me into that music. Do you think that you can inherit your comedic taste from your parents? And what's your experience been of growing up, what your parents used to watch and find funny? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, my parents introduced me to, like, a lot of good comedy and a, and a, a big a variety as well, like, because um, they, they watch stuff like The Young Ones and, um, you know, that sort of, like, 80s boom of comedy that we had here. But also, my mum, for some reason, has these tapes um, which, and it's called like you don't have to be Jewish and then all these like like Jewish comedy skits now I don't know why she has them like she's from the Caribbean but like she used to listen to them and I um, I used to listen to them but I feel like they've given me like a good um, maybe this comedy. is the curb your enthusiasm maybe that's why I'm yeah. so, <laughs> so inclined but maybe it feels comforting to you in some way that's very interesting and what about for you, Izzy? What was growing up like? Yeah, I think similar sort of thing. Like, my parents loved Seinfeld and Blackadder were the two I remember watching when I was, like, younger. And then kind of got more into stuff like 30 Rock and Arrested Development when I was a teenager. And, like, yeah, I think I've got pretty similar tastes to my parents in that respect. Although, like, obviously, there are some where we disagree on. But... um. Yeah, a lot of the main ones that I was really into and I think have probably influenced me a lot, I think, I guess, are from my parents, which is annoying to think about now, now that I'm thinking. Yeah, isn't it just, damn them for being cool. Yeah. Damn your cool parents. <laughs> uh, so in the chat, people are saying Victoria Wood and Carolina Hearn, Jennifer Saunders, um, Carolina Hearn, yes. A lot of love for British female comedians there. Um, yeah, lovely. Love to see that. Uh, so... Obviously, we are in the midst of a pandemic at the moment. What is your hope for when this is over? What would you like to see happen with your career? If you if you could wave a magic wand. And Erin, I'm going to start with you. Uh, um, my I guess my dream is just to I'd like to do stand up uh, to people who have come to see me. <laughs> <laughs> that is such a great description of a career that is it isn't it <laughs> that have paid to see you in particular yeah, yeah. that's my stand-up goals where I don't have to like win people over all the time 
that would yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, got it. Um, and then beyond that is I'd like to just be making comedy with people who I think are really funny um, and being able to live off that. So sketches, sitcom, that, all of that screen stuff. It's the dream. And have you found that, I mean, you don't, you can lie if you want, but is there anyone in the competition that you thought, oh, actually, maybe one day we might work together? Have you come across anyone that you've kind of earmarked? <laughs> you don't have to say if you haven't, you can just be honest. It's fine. Is he? Is he? <laughs> is he Mary? Well, just they're, they're crying. You probably can't see right now. They're actually just crying right now. No, I don't, <laughs> didn't get my messages. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, it would be good There's to get in touch with people and always be made. It just is so difficult right now of not being able to, like, be in the same room as other people. Yeah. That it's, like, I think right now it's trying to keep the momentum of, like, what we've achieved. Which so is huge, which is really, really huge, by the way, and well done, you know, if I didn't say it before. It's amazing. It's amazing to get that far in the competition. When you look at all the people that have come out of the Funny Women Stage Awards, you're in very good company. Yeah, definitely. It just is like, yeah, keeping the momentum through a pandemic is probably going to be difficult, but hopefully we can come out the other side <laughs> with something. Excellent. And uh, Mary? Yeah, like Erin said, I'd like to um, have like a sort of career where people have come to see me. I'd like to really figure out what my voice is in stand up because mm. like, I mean, it's, it's, it's an ongoing process. It's always going to be something that you're like working on. But I feel like there are, I don't know, parts of me that I have to uh, bring together because you have like, I don't know, my like slick jokey jokes and then I have like more weird stuff that I don't usually do at competitions yeah because um, I don't think I can like get away with it and I want to make sure that the audience likes both mm -hmm. um, like they like every element to my comedy um, and and yeah also like just doing writing collaborating um, I'd love to write for a cartoon um, at some yes. point yes amazing um, but yeah just also just to make sure that I'm still enjoying myself because <laughs> I mean like which I rarely do anyway but if it's <laughs> I'm getting a vibe I'm getting a vibe of who you are Mary yeah Claire. I've never been I've never been happy um <laughs> no that's not true I like I like doing it I want to make sure that I stay liking it I guess yeah, it's, it's interesting that you're saying that you want to find your voice when you're already doing it and goes back to what I was saying before is that on paper, you have your voice because you're already getting, you know, you're getting on getting TV gigs, etc. Um, but that's that's great that and, and also you should always be still developing who you are, etc. And it's interesting you mentioned as well about with the awards that you I'm not saying you tailored your set to it, but um it's interesting that yeah you you said that some of the things that you thought might be a bit weird for that you didn't you didn't do those jokes and you're going to explore those is that something that it just comes from entering a competition is that you sort of try and um i don't know uh mold your set for that specific audience and is that what happens would you say maybe not necessarily for that specific audience but like when you're thinking about 
you've got five minutes, which isn't like a whole bunch of time. So you want to do like, like a tight five. Yeah. Um, but I guess the stuff which I have, which is a bit more out there or abstract, it just requires a longer time. It requires people to like be used to me for a little bit longer. And so, so then I can bring out the monologue about Lord of the Rings, but you know, <laughs> it's it takes it takes a while for people to to feel comfortable and five minutes just isn't quite long enough for yeah. that you know like I've got I've like you know I can do a type five and so um you, you do that for competitions but I don't know I don't think I'm gonna do it anymore for a while or at all ever again so we'll see <laughs> so am, am I guessing that you've never have you have any of you done an hour before I've done like a full hour no so would that be I suppose would Edinburgh next year be part of that goal I don't want to put goals into mind for you but um you know would that be the space to then Erin you would have your own audience Mary you would have the chance to try out your weird jokes and your monologue about the Lord of the Rings and Izzy you could do an hour reading through all the comments <laughs> that you've had from <laughs> reply oh, guys um would that be something that would interest you? And do you think that's necessary even to go down the Edinburgh route? I am developing a show and it's called Erin Tett Finds Her Audience. Oh, I love that. That's great. Very specific, narrow goal here for me. <laughs> um, but it's, I think I'm going to keep it at the 45 minutes for now mm -hmm. and kind of see how that goes. Um, say like kind of what Mary was saying it is kind of weaving in all of your different aspects of you to a longer set and yeah trying to do all of the things while keeping some kind of cohesive time to speak I yeah what no time? it's okay it goes past 10 o'clock we've only just we only just worked out it was Tuesday <laughs> Yeah. And then you go past a certain time and it's it's very difficult to get the brain cells to work. Um, Izzy, I, I wanted to come to you to to find out what you're looking forward to post post pandemic. Or perhaps if even if we are still in the pandemic in a few months time, what are the career goals and what what, what do you think that you'd like to achieve in that time? Um, well, mainly I just want to gig more. <laughs> yeah. Doing proper gigs. Uh, I guess in a lot the longer term, I want to do I want to write sitcoms I think um but I'm kind of open to everything I think for me personally it's too early for me to be thinking about doing an hour long <laughs> uh it would be massively overly ambitious but eventually that would be cool to do uh, I just want to write it's good that you, yeah I want to write more material like it was really nice to do a proper gig in front of people and try out new material and I found that it's since doing that, it's become easier to write more because I find it much easier to write when I'm gigging. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's been hard, especially the earlier months, just kind of being like, oh my God, I haven't, haven't got any ideas. But then I think that was actually more just because my brain was focusing on trying to stay calm <laughs> and like being like, oh, here's a funny thing that I thought of. So we had um, a question a while back in the chat and I, I didn't get around to it, but it's just what you said has made me think about this. 
um, is what is your writing process for stand-up? Um, not so much concerned with like, you know, the sitcom stuff, but you were saying that for you, when you're gigging, you're getting the feedback, which helps you, helps inform what you write next or what you perform next. But like, what is your, for each of you, like what's your writing process? So you you start from, you've got a couple of observations, then you book a, a five minute, slot somewhere what's the process to get from naught to 5k it's not to not to five minutes we'll call it the naught to five minutes comedy run what's the process um well I get most of my ideas when I'm half asleep so I'll write them in my phone and then like I'll read them back a couple of days later and most of it is unusable but every now and then I'll get something that I'm like there might be something in it and then I'll like set myself a deadline gig for when I'm going to do it and then just oh so you set your own you set your own deadlines you go right that's it force myself yeah if I don't have a deadline then I'm just not going to do it because I'm lazy um yeah and also just being like kind of motivating myself like embarrassing myself into doing it shaming myself into doing it I find is I don't know if that's healthy but it definitely works for me to be (laughs) like oh god imagine how embarrassing it would be to do the same set again so So you've created this bullying older sister kind of alter ego good I like it um Mary what's your process um I feel like I write a fair bit when I'm like on the go maybe like I'm walking somewhere a lot I I used to write a lot of my jokes on the tube which is why Covid was particularly hard right um and it's maybe like an idea at first and I imagine myself saying it as stand up and I imagine people laughing. And so I'm like, well, <laughs> let's, let's go. <laughs> well, do you have a mini audience in your head? I love this. What's the demographic of the audience in your it's, mind? I can't laughing? see them. I don't oh, right, think, okay. I can just see me. I can see me telling the joke and people laugh. And so it's not always like, yeah. always like that. Um, sometimes it's just an idea and sometimes you have to like sort of work through it on stage um and you say you say the idea and because you're on stage you're kind of forced to say other things around it and you're forced to communicate your point better than if you're just writing it down so a mixture of just sort of like being going on a walk and doing it on stage I guess um I feel like mine's quite similar as well uh I don't really write unless I'm also performing. So I also went like four months like, oh my God. And then I had one gig and then it just like, just kept coming up with jokes. So it was like, oh, this is how it happens. The same as basically when I'm trying to go to sleep and I'm imagining a little performance in my head. And then I write it down as well, Um, which is fitting, I guess, because somebody once told me that all of my jokes sound like 4am thoughts which is basically exactly yeah exactly what they are um but yeah I kind of struggle to be like right I'm gonna sit down and do it because I also I'll write my joke and then I'll get on stage and allow myself to ad lib and then say something that works I keep it and then I just keep adding and adding basically yeah so it does need the stage aspect to go with the writing. 
unfortunately. Okay, well, it was, I think we're coming to the end of the chat, but I wanted to ask one question because we haven't asked this before in the show and um, it's very important to have support, I think, in your comedy career and you've all achieved so, so, so much in a really difficult time. I wanted to ask who's your most um, supportive friend or relative? Is there someone that's really been pushing you forward with your comedy career? And um, I'll start with you, Mary. I feel like, I, I don't think I could say that there's just one person. I feel like I um, am in a community in terms of comedy. Like there's definitely um, a community of like female comedians, uh, female comedians of color, and we all sort of like support each other and lift each other up. So I don't think I could say that there's like one person in that. Um, I'm just happy to have people, you know, in the same space who, who look like me. Yeah. <laughs> It's interesting what you were saying. I was thinking about that expression about it takes a village to bring somebody up. And I was imagining that this, this village around you that are all just supporting you rather than one specific person. So I think, yeah, it takes so much to grow a comedian, doesn't it? <laughs> Support a great comedian. And, you know, you've got the endless gigs that don't go well, that you have to then download that stuff with. And sometimes friends that don't work in the business might not get that. So it's so important to have that community. Um, Izzy, is there someone in particular that you can shout out and say they've really helped me? Um, well, it's definitely like a group of people that I'm like friends with. And I think a lot of us started at a similar time. And it's nice to have those people that you're kind of going through all the milestones with. Um, but my friend Carla, uh, Carla Gordon, we did the comedy course together and we kind of kept going together. She was the one who told me to book my first gig. And oh, I wouldn't cool. have done it if she hadn't bullied me into it. Um, mm -hmm. And she's really funny. And yeah, it's much better at comedy than me, to be honest. You should follow her on Twitter. <laughs> shall i just cancel easier. this and we'll get her on and yeah she's actually really good at like talking and giving opinions on stuff <laughs> Not my life. oh lovely and erin for you um my mum's really supportive um <laughs> but in terms of like actual practical advice which she's she's kind of going like good job but my practical advice yeah. i get from um my boyfriend which is why I'm saying not single on my <laughs> hinge. Um, but he's uh, he's been really good at like making me focus on things. And actually a couple of years ago, um, he made me put post-it notes of all of my goals on the wall. And I'm doing some of them. So how about that? Amazing, amazing. Is manifesting... Um... Is it useful? And a bit of magic as well. So. A bit of light, just a light <laughs> dusting of magic. Okay, fantastic. Well, thank you so much for, for joining me today on the Funny Women's Survival Guide podcast. Um, it's Izzy Asquith, Erin Tett and Mary O'Connell. Um, can you just let us know where we can find you online and we can stalk you and give you feedback on your performance for next time? <laughs> Um, yeah, okay, so you can follow me on Twitter at Mary Does Gigs and on Instagram at Mary with the Gold Shoes. 
um i'd say i'm probably like better on instagram but it's just for you to say um i'll, I'll do an analysis and come back to you on that there you go <laughs> izzy um so i'm the same on instagram and twitter which is izzy asquith and that's izzy with zeds um which apparently is wrong but i picked that spelling when i was a child so <laughs> yeah um and i'm quite bad at both of them but i i'll try and get better for sure um but like don't hold your breath oh no do i'm gonna get better <laughs> okay good whoa that's a strong finish there yeah. okay good um and Erin, how do we find you? Um, I'm Erin Tech Comedy across all the platforms. That's E-R-Y-N-T-E-T-T. -T. It's an impossible name to spell. Um, I also made a website, which is just a Tumblr page, which is erintechcomedy.co.uk. That'll have updates. Fabulous. Lovely to hear it. And um, good that you're all social. Honestly, I was, I'm still surprised that some comedians don't do social media. I just, I don't think it's possible really, is it, in this day and age? Thank you so much. Um, best of luck with everything over the forthcoming months. And, and I'm sure we'll all be following your progress with great interest. Um, thank you so much, girls, women, well, ladies. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Farewell. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much to my guests this week, Erin Tett, Izzy Asquith and Mary O'Connell. You can find them all on Twitter as follows, at Erin Tett Comedy, at Mary Does Gigs and at Izzy Asquith, with two Zs, no less. Apologies for the glitch on Mary's audio, there's a little bit of a Zoom drums there. <laughs> Anyways, let's get on to the recommendations for this week, as real life gigs start to take over our social calendar once again. Comedians Rachel Fairburn and Kiri Pritchard-McLean will be at the Monkey Barrel in Edinburgh this Halloween, live streaming their hit podcast, All Killer, No Filler. That's on 31st of October. And fabulous news, Dear Joan and Jericho, the book by Vicky Pepperdine and Julia Davis is out very soon and they're promoting it at a fab live event broadcast from the London Coliseum on the 27th of October. In terms of funny women events, the comedy crash course for big people, i.e. adults, starts the week of the 19th of October and the comedy crash course in half term for 11 to 16 year olds is on the 26th of October. And I'd just like to give a huge congratulations to former Funny Women Survival Guide special guest Sophie McCartney for winning the Best Web Series Award and to Kate Elmer for winning the Writing Award, Nicola McMurtry and her film Karaoke Behind the Lyrics, who won the Comedy Shorts Award, and Christine Rose, well done for winning the Best Comedy Writer with Comedy 5050 Industry Award. If you want to find out more, go to funnywomen.com, and if you want to find out more about me, go to thetimeialmost.com or twitch.tv forward slash Alexis Strum. Stay funny and stay safe.